Do I give a little warning? A little warning that I'm a little tipsy? A little warning that you're just maybe a little tipsy? Listen, I am officially a drunk Hispanic gay theater kid. That's <laughs> what we're dealing with today. And honestly, a good energy for you to have coming into this episode. Ooh! I feel like we've been low energy lately and like I'm here, I'm very Hey, do you want to talk about Criminal Minds in our podcast format? This one, this podcast builds up. Jay, I would love to talk about Criminal Minds of the show, episode, season one, episode 19, uh, Machismo. We, no. That intro gets more scattered, but more fun every time that we do it. <sighs> Christ, this time, I, I feel like since you didn't mention that my name is B, I should be the one to mention that my name is B. Oh, and my name is James. Yeah. yeah, I said your part. Don't worry. I usually oh, I, introduce I you. I'll be honest. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I love that you are continuing to drink champagne as we are going into this episode. I'm sorry. We're already no, I'm more fine. than a little I'm tipsy. So, so okay. true. Here we go. Season one, episode 19, Machismo. Yeah. They never define Machismo, which I think is really interesting. Machismo. If I like. say it in the white person way. You can say it correctly. I'll say it in the white person way. <laughs> I mean, it really depends. Like, I'm Cuban. I'm specifically Miami Cuban. So the way that I see things is not the same as the way people from Mexico say them. Um, I would say machismo. But he yeah. says, like, machismo. Yeah. He does the ch. I do a K for that. Um, I don't want to paint all Hispanic people as a monolith like this show tends to do. Um, <laughs> Miami... Cuban is very specific. I did not grow up in the Miami you see in movies. You know, like that's like not a thing. Yeah. Miami Beach, whatever, you know. Um, But the culture, it is very like family based. Uh Uh-huh. But I think there's less of that like machismo, less of that because it is still like um, an American culture, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, Like Hispanic culture as a generalization, tends to be very matriarchal. Um, but not like, yes, men, men have the power, right? In Hispanic, Latin American, whatever, culture. Men are the, you know, the ones who usually have jobs, the one who brings some of the money, the one who makes the final say. But they are very much influenced by their wives, by their mothers, you know, like, Every kind of Hispanic family has like the matriarch who's like the oldest woman of the family. Yeah. You know, you have your like head abuela, you know. <laughs> so it's like one of those, it's like an, it's a really, I think, complex culture because it is very patriarchal. Men are in charge. Like it's a thing in, you know, at least for Cubans that, you know, sons can do no wrong. A son can fuck up a million times and never be in the wrong. Whereas a daughter has to be, a daughter could be absolutely perfect and still get shit on mm-hmm. because she's not doing enough, you know. But at the same time, again, matriarchal, it's about the women, you know. And I think, to skip ahead mm-hmm. a little bit, the Mexican proverb that's at the end, right? The house does not rest upon the ground, but on a woman is 
that is a Hispanic thing. Like women are homemakers, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, I, as an, an American in America, you know, saying like women are homemakers, saying that a woman's power is in the house. It's not great. I mean, it's not great <laughs> anywhere. Right. But like yeah. in Hispanic cultures, it's almost like, um, like, like, reverential like it's a thing of honor to be you know the woman is really the head of the household everyone goes to their mother for advice you know so I thought it was interesting in this episode that they named it machismo and it's all about machismo but it's still about women at the same time you know and like if you don't know machismo machismo it's like swag <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to define it I, I I don't know that I didn't write down like the dictionary definition of it but it's basically just like men are men and they're gonna flirt with women and they're going to be sexual and they're gonna be aggressive and they're gonna take what they want without asking and yada yada that's not like machismo like open shirt hairy chest drinking a beer hey mommy where you going <laughs> hey come back like that's very like machismo you know um god i'm gonna have my fucking miami accent this whole episode like it never comes out except when i'm drunk and when i'm very emotional and when i'm talking about hispanic things and here we are all three at once the the fucking like triforce of my fucking miami nonsense (laughs) oh god um yeah so i just episode yeah i mean this episode is terrible it's a shit show i got angry again and again and again about so many different things. It's a things. shit show, but it almost says something very interesting. And yeah. And then doesn't. And I'm so upset that it didn't go that little step further to say something interesting. Yeah. I think, you know, and I also think this episode is very much a product of 2006. Oh, like, definitely. Like, I oh, think that like. Maybe it is. <laughs> like, I just want to give, I guess, not a trigger warning, but like a content warning. Right, that we're gonna yeah. use some outdated terms for trans people. Uh-huh. You know, they're they're sexist in a very casual. I don't even know I'm being sexist way. Also, know. they talk in a very cavalier manner about sexual assault. Yes, I want to so, just like give yeah. a, give a give a warning for that up yeah. top because they. I yeah, like there's yeah. a there is a lot to say about this episode, and they say a lot in this episode. And yet it somehow manages to fall short of any like actual Meaning. we should talk about rape. We should talk about, you know, the different ways, different cultures of view masculinity, view womanhood, et cetera, et cetera. They like don't actually do that. They just like mention it's like a thing they should talk about. They're like, we should remember <laughs> that this is a different country, a different culture. The profile yeah. will be different because we are in a different culture. And then they just never change the profile never yeah. to adjust it for the yeah. fact that they are not in american culture anymore yeah and so, even even american culture isn't a fucking monolith and so I, mean, I don't know why they're so surprised about the fact that like well in mexican culture these things are more heavily valued than they are in american culture i don't know why they're so shocked by that why are you yeah. surprised yeah, and I, oh, I took notes of, like, every time Gideon fucking says something that I'm like, Gideon, shut the fuck up. Um, okay, a couple things before we get started. Uh-huh. It is Dia de los Muertos, so it is mm-hmm. Day of the Dead, um, which is November 1st or 2nd. 
uh it's you know it's kind of like a multi-day thing but it's like the night of the first um and basically it's like a night to remember friends and family who have died you set up your ofrenda which is like your little altar your home altar you put pictures of your loved ones and it's basically like a celebration of your i hate to say ancestors because it sounds so you know mythical but basically like the people in your family who have passed who are no longer there you kind of celebrate their lives you celebrate the history of your family Mm -hmm. you usually there's like a lot of food i mean every hispanic event has a lot of food (laughs) and drinking and that kind of stuff but it's basically just like a party to be like hey these people had lives and they were important and they passed on their legacy whatever it may be Mm -hmm. um and i did read a really interesting thing that basically like so Hispanic culture as a whole, and this is a generalization, but it tends to be true, is very Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, that's why you get things like Santeria, which is, you know, I guess Hispanic voodoo. I know Cuban Santeria, which is essentially, you know, Cuban voodoo, but it's got very like Catholic roots. That's why you get like you burn certain saints' candles, you bury saint statues upside down, you make sacrifices to certain saints, like that kind of thing. Um, it's a very, it's it's a mix of that kind of like Haitian, um, you know, that kind of like religion that has African roots, you know, that leads to things like voodoo and hoodoo. But also you have, you know, colonized by Spain, colonized by, you know, these kind of European cultures, uh, Portugal. So you get that kind of, catholic influence into it also you know and so um one interesting thing about the day of the dead that i didn't realize was that it was made to be more of an aztec holiday that's why it's kind of mexico specific that that's why you have those like the skulls and the skeletons and all that sort of thing um because uh, a president of mexico wanted it to be more Aztec so that they could keep it separate from All Saints Day, which is a Catholic. It's the day after Halloween, the day after Halloween. Because, you know, Halloween is All Hallows' Eve. Um, And in, you know, before it was commercialized, it was like a Catholic holiday where the saint, where spirits of the dead return to walk among the living. That's why we wear masks, right, to confuse the spirits. And the next day was All Saints Day. So you have All Hallows' Eve, which is Halloween, that was kind of the, like, devil's day chaos etc and then on Mm -hmm. november 1st all saints day you cleanse yourself of the chaos of the sin etc and so dias de los muertos became more aztec oriented to keep it separate from the catholic all saints day i didn't know that i think that's very interesting um and on these days you also tend to visit the graves of the dead and that's why the episode starts with them in a graveyard, basically. Yeah, I also liked... I actually did like how this episode started. Mm-hmm. I liked the pre-BAU stuff. Because it's yes. not often that we just see normal people doing normal things in their in the like little pre-BAU, pre-credits scene. I really yeah. liked this, actually. I was like, this is just like... It, yeah. Everybody was vibing and having a good time. I liked it. I mean, obviously, yeah. except for the one guy who was obviously very much not having a good time, well. but it was still well acted and well shot, <laughs> yes. and I did just like enjoy it in general. Yeah, it was just like a cute little glimpse of another culture. Um, 
so the town that they're in is Allende de Sol, uh, beyond the sun, it translates to, uh, but it's not a real place. <laughs> um, they made up a town. They always and I do. also, they, well, it's a lot, you know, St. Louis is a town. Yeah, uh, but if they're ever in like a small town where they're racist, sure. they make up a town. <laughs> because they did that with the New Mexico one as no, well. You're right. You're right. That's <laughs> Anywhere they're racist, they have to make up a town. You can't go be racist in a real place. They also like the front of the police station was so clearly a set. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like the, at first you don't notice because it's in close-ups, and then they do like a zoom out, and it's like the fake street, mm-hmm. the like front of the building. I was like, the way what too the clean fuck? sign that says "Policia." Like it yeah. was way too clean. I'm like, okay, don't even like, try this. I was like, this is so funny. Like, it was just so clearly all, like, plywood flats put together to look like a place. With, like, brick texture on top of it. Because all of the bricks looked exactly the same. There was no variation, no weathering. I was just like, okay, come on. It was so funny. I was like, you know, as I am a scenic artist, right? That's what I went to school for like making sets and things i mm-hmm. like saw that and was like you could put this shit on a stage and i'd say that's a pretty good set <laughs> but this is a television show why are this they is a very so popular fake? television show i mean it yeah. was in its first season but still still um yeah okay so let's talk about that first scene mm-hmm. it's dia de los muertos they are this hispanic family we are we are told it's the day of the dead we are told they're in Mexico. Um, everything has a slightly yellow tint. That uh, fucking it's Mexico. yellow tint. I know. It's Mexico. It's got to be yellow. That will come back <laughs> in future seasons when they go back to Mexico. Um, <clears throat> I know. So, this doesn't make any fucking sense. I fucking hate yeah. it so much. I know. It's such so a it's... dumb technique. I hate it. And it's in any movie that takes place like in Mexico like is yellow or orange. And it's, it's like, either, why? It's either, like, Mexico or if it's anywhere in, like, a Middle Eastern country. Then they are, it is yeah. so yellow and burnt out. And it's like, why? But, like, why? <laughs> you can just tell us at the bottom of the screen that we are in X country. And I will believe you. Yeah. I don't have enough knowledge to be like, mm, that doesn't look like it's X or Y country. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, you can just tell me and then I'll believe it. Yeah. It's fine. I'll yeah. believe what you tell me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so there's a they're in clearly it's like a family little family graveyard, family plot. Yeah, it's a little it's just like a little corner graveyard. I actually really It's like on the side of a road. Like a few you know, I was like, Oh, that's cute. Um little montage of people drinking and eating and they're by the graves. And then there's a girl who has like a little skeleton and they're like, Oh, is that a girl or a boy skeleton? (laughs) And I was just like (laughs) Why? Why do we have to gender this skeleton puppet i don't understand i think i think though that's a setup for the rest of the episode right is it a girl or a boy it has to be right because the kid doesn't answer and i'm not very good with biology Mm. but there's not that much of a difference between i mean i mean there is skeletons right right? especially the cartoony skeleton that they had up there yes if this was like an anatomical model i'd be like okay sure valid question the biology yeah Yeah. but this is like a cartoon skeleton puppet and it's like yeah so then a man shows up miguel we learn later 
shows up drunk already. And immediately you see, Wieland is his mom, but it's like this annoyed older woman. And he's like, hey, Diego. Hey, guys, how's it going? Happy Dia de los Muertos. Like, how's it going? Hey. And his mom is like, come on, don't do this. And you think she's talking to him, but they go back to the house and she's talking to her brother. Mm -hmm. At one point they say brother. At one point they say brother-in-law. Not entirely sure. Um... Anyway, he's like, Miguel, how dare you get out of the house? How dare you show your face here? You know, and his mom is all like, stop it, guys. Don't fight. Guys, stop fighting. Guys, stop fighting. Um, and then his sister is like, mom, let him stay. And Miguel turns around and is like, this is her house. This is my mother's house. She can tell me to leave. And then the mom is just like, doesn't say anything and he's like fine you will never see me again and he leaves and the sister follows him out and is like Miguel don't go no and he's like why would I stay when they don't want me here uh and then it leaves and then it cuts to like there's this guy standing in front of a taxi the most like this man says nothing is literally standing there and I saw him and I went Oh, that's a gay man. Like, he just had this, like, <laughs> slightly, like, I don't he mean to say this energy. Of, yeah, like, like, it's not, like, effeminate, but he had this just slight, like, I'm the gay boyfriend standing on the edge of <laughs> the family event. He had big boyfriend energy, and I think that's big why we were like, energy. oh, yeah, he's gay. But, yeah. like, he... He, I don't know what it was. I also yeah. immediately clocked and I was like, that's a gay. I don't know yeah. if that's just gaydar going, but like, I was like, mm, that person's not straight. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I wrote mom skeptical of car guy. She's crying. Um, and then it cuts to the mom talking to someone, giving them a drink and is like, the mom is like, oh, thanks. Like, I really needed help. Like, you know, my daughter thinks, you know, it's fine. Just us. But like, I do need help. And then you see the person like they have their hand wrapped in like a a dish towel and they grab a knife for out of the kitchen and the mom is like no no and they like chase her back to the bedroom and the mom's like on the floor like please stop and then the door just like shuts i also want to note that the mom does say like oh i saw you earlier but i couldn't talk to you yeah so they're setting up something 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 <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to Hotch holding Jack, who is crying. It's Hotch's birthday. There's a banner that says, Happy Birthday, Daddy. It's really like a cute effort. Yeah. It's Haley and her sister, whose Jessica. name I don't... Jessica, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, remember that. No spoilers, but do remember that Haley's sister's name is Jessica. <laughs> You'll need to know that for future That seasons. will be on the quiz at the end of season 13 of wheels (laughs) what if i like after every season we do like a quiz god no i don't want to remember things about season one yeah i'm done this information has left my brain as soon as i've finished editing and posting an episode it's out of there okay so we do learn that hotch's birthday is november 1st um is that a thing that we do learn later no it's a thing we have learned it is his birthday it is the day of the dead 
I think so. That means his November birthday 2nd. is November 1st. Oh, okay. Or 2nd. Or 2nd. Perhaps One it's of the 2nd. I mean, I don't know. Um, He's a Scorpio, apparently, is what that means, I asked. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, astrology gaze. <laughs> what does it mean that his birthday's either November like 1st or 2nd? They were like, oh, he's a Scorpio and a male Scorpio. <laughs> Um, I love when that astrology means. gays say something that is completely insane out of context, like, oh, he's a male Scorpio? Yikes. And I don't know <laughs> what that means, but I'm always like, yeah, get his ass, sis. Go. Just go. <laughs> like, get his ass. Yes. I thought I'd put that in there for any astrology gays who are listening, um, but that does mean nothing to me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hotch is, like, holding Jack, and Jessica's like, you're holding him like a cantaloupe. <laughs> And he's like, oh, you think you can get him to stop crying? And so he gives Jack to Jessica, who Jack immediately stops crying. Literally. Just- she just holds him <laughs> like a baby, and immediately Jack's like, all right, I'm chill now. You're holding him like a cantaloupe. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? But the phone has rung. Haley goes to answer it. Haley comes back and goes, it's your wife. And Gideon's like, hey, we need you to come in. Sorry, I didn't know it's your birthday, but... Uh... <laughs> and I was like, yeah, get him. <laughs> I... Uh-huh. Yeah. Haley is too good. Haley is too good for Hodge. She is. Yeah, also, this... MILF of all time. All-time oh. MILF. Only MILF, MILFier than Haley is, like, JJ later. JJ much later. Yeah. Alex but like, Blake, maybe. But Haley's definitely up there. Ooh, Alex Blake also maybe. Haley's definitely MILF. Top five MILF. <laughs> MILF of all time. Yeah. Let's see. MILF JJ's of all time, one. without a doubt. JJ's number one. Alex Blake number two. Haley number three. Kate, I guess, can be number Ooh, four. Kate is also in there because she is also a MILF. Yeah. God. Do we only Kate. get five? Oh, Christy Simmons. Five. We have five mils. Oh, we have exactly five. All right, perfect. They're all milf of all time. <laughs> Our top five mils of all time. <laughs> there are only five in the show. All right. Um. Great. Getting calls. Oh, so then we get Haley and Jessica talking, and Haley is like, "I'm glad you're in town because it makes him take time off," and. Haley's basically like this is the first like glimpse we get I think mm-hmm. that Haley is unhappy yeah there's a lot packed into this very small scene so small and I think this is only Haley's like third scene right because the first one is like the first episode mm-hmm. where she they're like picking baby names and then oh I guess then we get the scene where she's in the hospital bed and then we get her when she's had Jack. And now this is the first like real scene we get where she like gives him the phone and she's like, you can go. I'm not mad about it. And then she walks away and Hodge looks at Jessica and says, you heard her. She said she's not mad. And Jessica goes, wow, you're an amazing profiler. <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> Jessica. Jessica honestly is like an all star. Like every she episode is. she's in, you're like, damn girl, you are holding the Hotchner family together. And she's not even a fucking Hotchner. 
Literally. She's so... Girl. Mm-hmm. Girl. I really, really wanted um, them to say how old Hotch was. And they did not. Oh, yeah, because he's still ambiguously... We don't know how old he is. We don't know... Um, when he was born, all we know is that his birthday is either November 1st or 2nd. And we do get a confirmation on that later, but it's on the same piece of paper that says that he's younger than Emily Prentice. So I don't know how much I trust that. <laughs> um, okay. So we cut to the um, BAU. Terrible Spanish from JJ. My Terrible child. Spanish. Lupe Trejo. Um, just very bad. Um, Lupe, who is Miguel's mother was stabbed in the face, chest, and genitals. Yikes. Which is... Yikes. Is this the first time we've gotten genital stabbing in this show? Oh. I think it might be. Yeah, right. Um, Yeah, I think this is our first... I think this is our first episode that really goes more into, like, sexual violence. Mm-hmm. They do call them sexual, um, oh, I've heard sexual homicides. Yeah, I this mean, we like do have we do have into this. We do have sexual sadists, you know, plain sight. Yeah, but this is our first like genital stabbing, which yeah. is very like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and then <sighs> at the end of this episode, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I hate this episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We learned that 11 other elderly women have been killed. And we learned more about Allende de Sol. Uh, it's half factory town, half tourist town. And basically, the factory makes the tchotchkes and the clothes that the tourists then buy. And Mexico refuses to admit that they have a serial killer, which is apparently like a thing. Yeah. But so they... apparently, the papers had put it together. Yeah. quicker and are spreading the message more than the police are. Yeah, and it's like, even though they're killing like locals in like the locals part of town, it's still not like great to have a serial killer. Yeah, it's really bad press. Really bad PR. Yeah, and we learn that Miguel is in custody, but he's not talking. And basically, like, the Mexican government has invited the BAU to confirm that it's like a one-time thing and that it's not a serial killer. So Derek is like, we're going to go all the way to Mexico to be like, yeah, it's not a serial killer. Um, but that's what they want. Uh, and then, like, if it is a serial killer, it might be the worst Mexican serial, excuse me, serial killer of all time. And then Hodge is all frowning because he, like, has to go. Yeah, and I Gideon thought... turns around and goes, Gideon turns around and goes, Hodge, you can call from the car. Which is a dick fucking move. Oh, Gideon, Absolute I thought family was move. the most important thing. <laughs> I thought you really wanted parents and to stay together for their children, Gideon. Oh. Also, hate does not get brought up again for the rest of this episode. No, not at all. And I have a note for the end of the episode, but it, I was literally like, sorry, sh- do we, are we not going to get a scene? Later, Are we not like... going to talk about that at all? <laughs> but no, we're not, apparently. Um, I also thought it was interesting the way that they framed why the BAU was going down there. Mm-hmm. The way that they like specifically mentioned, they're like, 
Mexico, the government has requested that we go down there to confirm that it is a one-time thing and not a serial killer. I think that sort of that that framing is really important and we will get into um, the intricacies of diplomacy much later when we go to the imperialist nightmare that is Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. Um, we'll get to but, it in fucking season 13. Yeah, that's when the, the crossover happens. Um, oh, that's like, not what I mean, though. We gotta... Be- uh, oh, listeners will know what... You probably haven't seen it, but listeners will know what the fuck I'm talking about. Ripe Mexico. But, yeah, I think... Um, I think it's interesting the way that they try and frame this, and they they sort of just hand wave it away later, but, like, other times they do the same thing better. I just want you guys to know that. Yes. <laughs> that sometimes they do actually do international diplomacy with stakes, with teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what happens next? So next, we get on the airplane. I have four bullet points here. I said, okay, one, JJ, at least you're spending your birthday weekend in Mexico. You know? I mean, one, sure. Two, that's so insensitive, JJ. He literally could be with his wife and child, but go off, I guess. <laughs> um, two, Hotch is like, how do you say doghouse in Spanish? Reed says it. Well, Reed says, Casa del Perro, which is like, okay. The most El- white boy Spanish. I know. And then Elle corrects him. And she's like, basically, you're only a genius in English. And then Morgan says, since when do you speak Spanish? Spanish or he goes Spanish since when and she says I'm full of hidden mysteries (laughs) so true lesbian just say that shit (laughs) like okay one like we get it you're gay two I'm sorry are they just learning that Elle speaks Spanish is 19 episodes that she's Cuban like (laughs) She, she's about, I mean, spoiler, but she's about to leave the fucking show. Why did, why has she never spoken Spanish before? Like, why, like, I don't get it. They've been together for, you know, if a season spans a year, almost a year, and they don't know Elle speaks Spanish? They don't know she's, like, Hispanic? To be fair, I do feel like El Greenaway is the type of person to just not say that she speaks a language until somebody starts like trying to talk shit about her in front of her. And she's like, oh, you know, I speak Spanish, too, right? So yeah. she is absolutely that type, that bitch. But it is like, also so it. stupid that fucking Derek, that they don't know that she's that she's Hispanic. Like... Wouldn't that be on her fucking transfer paperwork? I feel like Gideon or Hotch would know that. But also, like, Derek and Al have had several moments where they looked at each other like, we are the only people of color in this room. <laughs> so, like, did that conversation never come up? Like, I meet another, His- I mean, I'm the whitest bitch on the planet. I meet another Hispanic person and I'm like, so where are you from? <laughs> what kind of Hispanic are you? Me too. Like, Hello? You know? <laughs> She's like, I don't get it. She looks not white. You know, yeah. we know that Lola Gladini is like half Jewish, half Italian. Mm-hmm. A white person. Off-white, yes. perhaps, but a white person. Yeah. 
but in this show, she looks very brown. I just, I cannot believe that she and Derek have not had a moment where they're like, fuck these white people, am I right? <laughs> I just, what? Here's, here's, here's the thing. I think in early seasons of Criminal Minds, they operate under the assumption that these people only see each other during the episodes of Criminal Minds. They do not build a rich tapestry of backstories, Nothing of dates and everything. Yeah, they just get powered down like robots at the end of the episode. In later seasons, they're much better about like having yeah. time pass outside of the scope of the sh- television show yes. Criminal Minds. You yes. know? Also, so it, later they do it a lot better. But this time, I think they just are under the assumption that everybody's robots. I mean, this is also like Garcia, the whitest person on the planet, like myself, fails to speak Spanish later. And Derek says, what the fuck? Your last name is Garcia. Why don't you speak Spanish? And she says, it's my stepfather's name. So like you have L over here looking not white as hell. Who they yeah. don't even think about asking, like, so you're Hispanic or what? And then Garcia, who ha- does not have a Hispanic bone in her body, they're like, what the fuck? You have a Hispanic last name. You can't speak Spanish. Like, I just, as a, as a white Hispanic person, mm-hmm. that shit drives me nuts. Like, I, my personal experience of being Hispanic is people telling me my entire life that I am not Hispanic, that I'm not Cuban, because I am a white person. Being, having my, this big part of my identity erased because of how I look. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and so I'm very vocal about being a Hispanic person. You know, I'll readily admit, like, I am a white person. I moved to the world as a white person. But my Hispanic identity matters to me. And the thoughts and the opinions that I have on things like white passing on things like immigration and immigrants rights and all that kind of stuff they come from having from being hispanic and from growing up in a very immigrant rich city Mm -hmm. and so when tv shows like this make it seem like being hispanic is 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 nothing you know it's like no like it it means something And I really wish they had made Garcia more Hispanic, you know, even if it's her stepfather. Like, it's a culture. It's it's her culture. She grew up with a Hispanic stepfather, right? We learned later that 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 stepfather practically raised her. We don't know anything really about her birth father, you know. Mm -hmm. Her stepfather, like, was her father. And all of her siblings are are half-siblings. They're all very Hispanic looking. I wish they had just went ahead and been like, this is a Hispanic person. Even if like, you know, her blood isn't necessarily Hispanic. Culturally, she's Hispanic. And they just didn't do that. And then for Elle, someone who like is by blood Hispanic, they completely erased that. Excuse me, until they went to Mexico. So it's like, they just don't give a shit. Hispanic as an ethnicity. I need to stop talking because I'll go on about this forever. Hispanic as an ethnicity. Latin American, being Latin American. It's so com- more complex than people think it is, you know, and it's inextricably linked to colonialism. And mm-hmm. that's something that nobody ever talks about. Like we talk about colorism within like the black community, but we don't talk about colorism within Hispanic communities. 
like the privilege that I have as a white Hispanic person versus someone with the all the same statistics that I am, but they're black, you know, like that means something. Um, and I don't like that this show is just like, oh, I didn't know you spoke Spanish, L. It's just so weird to me because they like, like you can't pick a side. Either, either you admit that L's Hispanic or you don't. Right. Period. Also, like I, I think more of it is just like the surprise. Instead of Derek being like, "Hell yeah, Spanish," he's like, "You speak, speak Spanish." Spanish? <laughs> I think that really is like. Also, Lola Glaudini so clearly does not speak Spanish. She does not. Oh, no. She does the thing that's like that kills me when people who do not speak a language speak that language. And God bless Padgett Brewster for not doing this. Is every sentence ends with a question mark? Mm-hmm. Like, there always sounds like there should be more words. Every one of Glo- Lola Glaudini's lines are her, like, painstakingly, word by word, trying her best to sound like she speaks Spanish. <laughs> And it kills me of like, why are we pretending like she's a natural Spanish speaker? <laughs> because it's it's tearing my heart to pieces. It's not good. It's not good, fam. It's not good at all. Fam? It's so bad it made me just say that. <laughs> it's so bad it, it brought you to fam. That's, that's how terrible it is. Um, <laughs> okay. On the plane, we learn Mexico doesn't record serial killers, so their numbers are lower than ours. We learn about something called the, well, Gideon calls the Chikatilo Syndrome, which is basically like in the Soviet Ukraine, there was a serial killer named Andrei Chikatilo who killed 50 plus people, um, but they refused to admit it because Russians, I guess, Soviets, see serial killers as uniquely American because of capitalism. Um, yeah. Which I doubt it's because of the capitalism. <laughs> I think it's just because like it they could have had such an interesting discussion about why America tends to recognize and sort of almost raise yeah. up serial killers than other cultures do. And they kind of hit on it again later a little bit. Yeah. It's just an interesting... Number one, it's not because of the capitalism. Um, I doubt anybody ever thought it was because of the capitalism. I think that was just a bad communist joke from Gideon. And I'm not shocked because the last time he evaluated his moral standing was probably during the Cold War. But... During the USSR. But... Yeah. I do think it's interesting that... He's almost like aware of the fact that other that other countries don't categorize and look at serial killers the same way that the United States does. Yeah, I feel like this was a good chance to talk about the kind of like, you know, America values individualism. Mm-hmm. We value one person making a stand. And it reminds me of A Real Rain where, you know, the reporter is like, I didn't kill those people. And Gideon says, yeah, you don't have it in you. You know, this kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, serial killers are crazy, but like they 
did the thing, you know. We're very obsessed with the idea of the individual doing these things, doing these incredible things, even if they are good and or bad. We are much more obsessed with the idea of individualism than probably any other country. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the way we talk about serial killers, we as Americans talk about serial killers, it's always like this person had a mental break. This person was mentally ill. This person had something happen to them. And we don't tend to look at it as like a societal thing. You know, why do white men get to buy all these guns and then have mental breaks and kill people? You know, we look at it on like a case by case basis as, you know, I think we're getting better about that now, but you know, I mean, in this show, I mean, criminal minds does that, you know, like no one's talking about, you know, the injustice of the healthcare system. No one's talking about Mm -hmm. the stigma around seeking, you know, help for mental illness. You know, it's like this one person had something happen to them. They even kind of make a mention of this, I think, while on the plane or a little bit after that, where they they make a mention of like Mexico thinks that America has more serial killers because America has statistically just on average more broken families and they think it's more of a culture problem than it is an individual problem which is how Criminal Minds looks at it as an individual problem versus a culture that encourages that sort of problem to fester. Yeah, they say that Mexico doesn't believe they have serial killers because they attribute serial killers to the breakdown of the family. Which is probably a gross oversimplification. Right. But also I think that it's, it's, you know, it's not maybe like a breakdown of the family is the way to say it, but it's like there are things that we learn contribute to serial killings, at least in this mm-hmm. show. You know, things like isolation, things mm-hmm. like a lack of human connection, things like, you know having your family die, not being able to find a partner, not being able to find a community. Like, I do think that, you know, communities help people. And I do think that, like, social bonds encourage people to seek out help for, you know, mental illnesses and for things like that, you know. So I can understand, I understand, like, why America is seen as this, shit serial show. killer capital of the world <laughs> yeah because it fucking is <laughs> you know but I don't, I don't think yeah the way they talk about mexico the way the mexicans talk about mexico and the way the bau talks about mexico is just hmm it's i don't weird. know yeah it's like a, it's like they are trying to both make mexico seem like this paradise of family connection and this and that you know Everyone has their roles and they like it. But also it's this kind of like backwater. We don't have any female police officers, you know? It's like they're really trying to show that sort of idyllic family unit Mexico. But then they're also showing us an extremely broken Mexican family at the same time. Yeah, it's like they're trying to do both the stereotype of Hispanic families being tight-knit that same like matriarchal thing that I was telling you about and the culture at large is sexist and you know um behind the times and all that kind of stuff it's like they mm-hmm. really want to show us that Mexico is both which it, it 100% can't be but not like 
black and white, you know? It's very much like they're trying to both do the trope and then subvert the trope at the same time. So they end up with a lot of just sort of like, eh. Yeah, eh, and there's and, eh. and there's there's not it doesn't feel like they're always they're being super heavy handed with their like America's better than this, but at the same time it's like the Mexican cops are like we don't have any police police officers and Elle is like now you do and it like pants to her and jj and it's like oh we get it americans allow women on their police force it's just like yeah yeah Yeah. okay let's just keep going (laughs) okay um they get to the police station and Derek is like how about that jet sleep and ella's like yeah jet sleep is like a night of drinking but without the drinking and honestly true (laughs) i did like that little like oh they had to sleep on the jet yeah it was a long flight yeah yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed that so they okay they meet captain navarro who was put in charge by the district attorney general and we learned that captain navarro met gideon at a seminar gideon did about sexual homicide in latin america Correct. And that Captain Navarro also read a chapter in Max Ryan's book. He mentions Max Ryan like twice and I can, I'm like, I get you guys are trying to make this callback happen, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, I got it. I was like, oh, Max Ryan. But like, it's been a long time since we've seen Max Ryan. And if you're watching this as it comes out, you're not necessarily going to be like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also okay. want to mention that um, Carlos Gomez, who plays uh, Captain Navarro, has been in like every single procedural at least twice. <laughs> yeah, he is. He was in. He was. He had a whole thing in um, Law and Order. He had a whole show that really bad uh, the Baker and the Beauty TV show on ABC Family. <laughs> um, he was in the Glades. He was in Twenty Four. I, I just wanted to mention that if you're like, if you looked at that guy and you were like, you look really familiar. Again, it's one of those, one of those TV actors who has been in everything yeah. once or twice. Yes. Sorry, I just had to mention that because I was like, man, he looked really familiar. And I went to his IMDb page and there's like seven shows each year or more. And I'm like, oh, that's why. That, that, that's why you look familiar. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sorry, I just oh, had to mention God. that. And an interesting thing is Captain Navarro is like, I don't think your profiling techniques can translate to Latin culture without a better better cultural understanding. Yeah. Which he I like that, that right he's... Off the bat. And he like... He and Gideon have obviously talked about this before and gone back and forth on it. So I yeah. really like that there was, number one, this sort of implied history between um, Agent Gideon and him, but also that like, he has his own opinions about profiling that maybe yeah. don't match up to the opinions of the BAU who are supposed to be the experts here. I just really, really like that. Yes, I really like that. And I would like it more if it didn't become like, and he will tell us the stereotype in every situation, you know? Yeah, and I would like it more if they they go to the car in a little bit and... um. Elle tries to, like, get info from him, like, in Spanish. And Gideon's like, oh, no, 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 no. English, please. 
So they do talk about family and machismo. And do you want to, you look like you have many thoughts. Give me all of them. Say them all. Okay. I just, L in Spanish is like, so like, what did Gideon get wrong about the culture? And the guy's like, oh, let me tell you. And Gideon's like, excuse me, excuse me, English, please. English, please. And I just wanted to be like, Gideon, you're in fucking Mexico, dude. <laughs> you like, are in Mexico. Like, you are so lucky you happen to go to the town where all these Mexicans speak perfect fucking English. I mean, they have Hispanic accents, but like one of the, at one point they're interviewing someone and, and she goes, see, si. um, sorry, yes. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why does everyone, there, there are no translators. Like, there are episodes where in America, right, where someone speaks a language that is not English and they get a fucking translator. Yet somehow we go to Mexico and everyone speaks perfect Spanish. And it's a small town in Mexico. It's a small town. It's a I little get, factory town. Like, I, like, they're not at some, like, fancy college or anything. It's a factory town. And it's like, I get that it's like a tourist town. So, like, yeah. the police maybe like sure the police speak english well enough to deal with tourists but like why are these like factory workers speaking perfect english like they're mexican they would speak spanish to each other oh also like if you go to any fucking factory in the united states and you walked the floor and you were like hey how many languages do you speak it would be one. Oh, by and large, it would be one language. They speak English. That's pretty much it. Like, it's just so... Yeah, I mean, or or they wouldn't speak English at all. Yeah. You know, like, there are pockets of the United States where no one speaks English. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, in Miami, there are parts of Miami where you can go to a store and nobody there will speak English. Yeah. You know? So for them to, like, actually go to Mexico... And there isn't one person who does not speak. Like everybody speaks English, and they yeah, didn't it's not even, even say, just like it's not the even main like... characters that speak English. It's every single Mexican person, person that they come across yes. speaks yes. perfect English. Like, why does this abuela who worked in a factory her whole life know English? Like, I don't like that. I just don't like that. And I get that with like an American serial or an English show, but like, get a fucking translator. I just. Uh, 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 uh. Also, in other episodes that they have translators, the translators become, like, fun characters in and of themselves. Yes. And it's like, you could have had a fun translator character, but no. You shot this on a lot in California. Like, we get it. Yeah, we get it. This episode was a lot of things, and one of the things it was not was good. One of the things it was was bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. I agree with that. All right. So basically... Detective Navarro says there are two components of Mexican culture, family and machismo, right? Which is what we've been talking about, right? The, like, the matriarchal center versus, like, the men rule everything, you know? Yeah, and he specifically mentions that these things are not taken into account in one of Gideon's profiles. Right. Which is absolutely true. Yeah. And they never fucking change that over the course of this episode. But I wrote this down because it made me so mad. He goes, there are like two important parts of Mexican culture, family and machismo. And Gideon says, you have some funny ideas. 
<laughs> Sir, you're a white dude. You're a white dude from DC. <laughs> Funny ideas? Oh my god. Oh my god. Like, is he talking about like Mexican culture being like, oh, you're so silly? Or is he talking about like this guy's perception of his own fucking culture? Like, you have some funny ideas. Hey, Gideon, go fuck yourself. Was it like you have some funny ideas on what would influence a profile? Uh, Whatever it is, it's condescending as fuck. Either way, it was condescending and probably racist. And like one big problem around representation of hispanic men i think similarly to asian men is that they get infantilized a lot mm-hmm. you know they get like dismissed you know i think it's a problem that americans have with like if you don't speak english you're considered like stupid you know mm-hmm. like like if someone speaks broken english you're like oh you're a little slow you know when it's like no that person speaks two languages right like yeah. sofia Vergara in an episode of what show is she on Modern, Modern Family. family. Mm-hmm. She has an episode where she's like, they're like teasing her for getting something wrong. And she says like, you should hear how smart I am in Spanish. Okay. And we also learn here that Captain Navarro was chosen to lead this whole charade because of his relationship with Gideon. Yeah. So he was chosen by the attorney general. Mm-hmm. I think they mentioned. The, it is the district attorney general. Who, by the way, hot bitch. Love her. Oh, <laughs> She's only trailed by two men in suits who never say anything. Power God, move. Have men so... follow you around and not say a thing. I love that. She, lady. every scene of hers is her getting out of a car <laughs> saying, fuck you. I hate you. I'm busy. And then leaving again. And it's <laughs> like, yes, queen. Yeah. More bitches like this. God, it's I so love good. It. Oh, God, she showed up and I went, oh, no, every crush I ever had on a Hispanic teacher full force. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I have to stop laughing. I just woke up pixel and I feel bad. She's sleeping on my pillow right now and she just woke her little head up, glared at me and laid back down. (laughs) She like turned around. So now her back is facing towards me. (laughs) You insulted your cat. You woke that bitch up. That is My apologies. Um, to be fair, she's mad at me because I accidentally dunked her in the shower today. Uh, I, I didn't realize that sounds bad. I didn't realize she was hanging out in the bathtub before I turned the shower on. Mm-hmm. And um, she did not make a single sound. She just ran. She just ran like it. she was in fucking Looney Tunes. Claws scraping against the floor. She was fucking out of there. I think she's still probably mad at me for that. I'm going to give her a treat in a little bit. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Uh, they have a newspaper and Al translated. It's a serial assassin. Uh, and it calls the authorities slow. Uh, and so that's why, like, the, the district attorney general is like, get, let's get this show on the road. Shut that shit down. Um, so they get to Allende del Sol, which is like a little town outside of whatever the main town is. And Reed, uh, Derek is like, what are all these decorations? And Captain Navarro is like, yeah, it's Dia de los Muertos. And then Reed gives us the explanation for it. And yeah, 
And Captain Navarro is like, he sounds like he read that out of a book. And Derek's like, yeah, he always sounds like that. But then Meek goes, actually, I picked up a pamphlet at the airport. Which is actually kind of cute and funny. Which is, yeah, which is like, I was like, okay, Reed. <laughs> That's cute. You, fine. you get this one. <laughs> I like that they have this like other deputy, this besides Captain Navarro, they have this yeah. um, deputy Borges, I think they say. Uh, um, I put it down. Um, that's what he's. That's what he is on IMDb. I don't know if that's what they say in the episode, but um, I like that they have him with personality as well. We don't just get the one guy. We don't just get ca- get get Captain Navarro. We also mm-hmm. get this other guy who is fun and has like fun interactions with people and like does stuff that people ask. And I love that we have not just one monolithic Mexican police officer. We get two at least. And they both have fun personalities. Yes. We barely Ugh. get this in the American episodes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I liked that he was like, he did embody that Hispanic, like, the like, I'm not sexist. This is just how it is. Yeah. There's like a very Hispanic, you know, at least in my experience, that's particular, like Miami Cuban, like, I'm not sexist. Women just belong in the homes and men make better bosses. That's just how it is. You know, yeah. Like, I have never examined my own gender identity and or the relationship that I have with women. Like, it's just like, we don't have any female police officers. We don't have any... That's just how it you is. You know, it's just how it is. Women don't report rapes. Like, why would they? Like, it's just, this is how it is, you know? And yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I hate that person, you know? I hate the character, but I like that the show gave us that character where Captain Navarro is like, and I wrote this down later, but like, I hate that Captain Navarro is like, yeah, that not just him, but like the stereotype of like, yes, I did grow up in this terribly sexist, misogynistic, transphobic culture, but somehow I'm like super chill with gay people. I'm super like, fun. Yeah, I love the gay woman. Like, yeah, like I love gay people. I have no problem with trans people. Like, why are you blaming them? Like, I love like women can be bought. Like, it's just like, I hate that trope where it's like, no, like you would be a product of your society. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this one person a paragon of goodness, but, like, everyone, including, like, their family and their childhood best friends and all this shit, they're all terrible, but, like, this person, though, they, they're they are good. Yeah, and it's, like, They why? try and play these guys as, like, good cop, bad cop, but they're both, like, very lovable characters in their own way. Uh, I did grab another V8, because I feel like we aren't going to be done with this episode uh, anytime soon. We will, we will, we will, we will. Really? Because we're like 10 minutes into the episode. Stop! And we've been recording for an hour. Hey, you know we always do our meta bullshit at the beginning. That's true. All right, okay. Oh, they're going into the um, crime scene. And Captain Navarro's like, I knew knew you would want to visit the crime scene before you met the victims. And Gideon's like, oh, you remember that from my lecture? And... (laughs) Captain Navarro says, no, I read it in Max Ryan's book. And Gideon is like, oh. <laughs> it was like a really funny, I love like, it. Yeah, I was like, fuck yeah, get him. <laughs> I didn't like Max Ryan either, but fuck yeah, no. that guy over Gideon, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about when the killing happened. It happened right when church got out. So everyone was walking back from the town square. So they were like, okay, she must have been killed during evening mass. Here's my question. Why wasn't she at evening mass? Yeah. That was okay. weird. They never answered that. No. Also, like, this is another episode where, like, Catholicism is, like, or, you know, Christianity is is deeply rooted in it. Like, they figure out when the murder happened because of when church was happening. But then there was no talk of religion. Just like in A Real Rain, when he was, like, trying to do some fucking divine justice, we never talk about Mm-hmm. religion so like why did we not have the conversation of like maybe this trans person who is never actually considered to be trans maybe this trans person feels this way because of growing up in such a deeply fucking catholic country well i also the thing is too is i even if you grow up in a deeply religious place Sometimes you just measure things by time between church services, and that's just, like, second nature to you. It's not like, when I, for example, when I go and visit home, I always always judge when I'm going to get home. So, number one, I don't have to go to church, and number two, I can arrive near the end of church so my mom doesn't feel guilty for not greeting me immediately when I get back, you know? Like, (laughs) sometimes, just, like, when you grow up in a place like that, it's just, like, oh yeah, you know, it would have been around the time of evening mass because nobody was around the streets. That makes sense to me. Like, that that yes. tracks for me. Of like, oh yeah, nobody nobody works on Sunday mornings because church is in. And you're going to get a big rush around 11.30 when church lets out. Alright, cool. That's just like, even if it's yeah. not extremely religious, it's always just like, yeah, this is just like how it is. Yes. So I can see why they just mentioned that and then didn't have the conversation about it is what i'm saying like i can see why that was just like yeah we're just gonna mention this and that's it yes that's true i guess so but it's like it's like when we when miguel comes out as gay and we find out that's why his mom is so mad like nobody has like the thought of like like they talk about like that's just how it is here we hate gay people in Mexico. That's just yeah. how it is. No one is yeah. like, is it because we're Catholic or like what? They're just like, sorry, Mexicans do hate gays though. And then they never talk about that at all. And then they never talk about it. And they're never like, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe we and shouldn't hate gays. It's, I just like, it's that signposting Criminal Minds does. Mm-hmm. of like we're gonna show you a thing and then let you make a decision about it and take no stance on it yeah Ugh. it's fucking strange yeah it is and walk me through this house scene because a lot happens inside this lady's house <sighs> oh god yeah okay okay they get into the house there are they're like get a little okay. closer to your mic too. Thank All you. Right. I was you. just gonna say sit up, but yeah. I'm sitting up. Here I am. I'm here. You're just leaning real far back, and all of a sudden your voice sounds like it's a million miles away. And I'm like, hello, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's hello. Okay. It's okay. Okay, we're here. We're here. 
Boom. Yeah. They get into the house. They're like, hey, there's no forced entry. What happened? Option one. They he pushed past her into the house, but then they're like, hey, the knife came from the kitchen. So they're like, well, most likely it was a voluntary entrance because there's two cups on the table. Let's, you know, make an assumption that they sat down for drinks. And they ask Captain Navarro, like, hey, did you guys take any DNA? And he's, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, like our crime scene tech has like one fingerprint kit from the 80s. And like, that's it. So they were like, surely you all have more than that. It's a tourist town. It's also 2006. I just, I don't understand why they're like, oh, we're this small town. We don't have any cops. It's so hard. (laughs) But they're also like, this is a thriving tourist town and there can't be crime here because tourism. (laughs) So like, why don't you have a better police force? Hello? It's also like the police station as we see it is fairly modern. Yeah, it's huge. There are computers and like phones and they have shit there is the thing like this isn't some little podunk town in the middle of nowhere with no computer and one working phone I don't this understand. is like they have shit they have resources they have this high-powered bitchy attorney whom i love like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do love her i wish she was like a main character in this episode they really said we're gonna hint at some sort of thriving feminist law system um, but no, we're not actually going to show you, like, any part of that. <laughs> it's just, like, why are you doing this then? Like, why? Like, why bother? Anyway. Yeah, like, she has... I don't yeah. know. So, okay, we have one kit from the 80s, blah, blah, And then they're like, okay, well, did you take the prints? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, they're smudged. So they were like, okay, well... Uh, and then the guy says, like, by the way, this is tamarind water, which is, like, a women's drink. It's, it's like a sweet water? It's sweet water. And men would have alcohol in the evening, especially because there are festivities happening. So, like, for this to be two glasses of tamarind water, it must be a woman. That is the assumption. I... It would be real gay for a man to drink water. water. <laughs> gay as fuck to drink sweet water, my guys. Gay as Fellas. fuck. Fellas... Fellas, is it gay to drink water? (laughs) Fellas, fellas, is it gay to drink the thing that your host sets out for you? Is that considered kind of gay? Why are you letting them make the choices for you? That's kind of fucking gay, dude. Yeah, this was the moment I remembered the rest of this episode. Because he says that and then Hotch goes, you think a woman did this? And, or Hotch goes like, oh, so it could be a woman. And Navarro goes, you think a woman did this? And Hotch goes, it's unlikely. I was like, well, then why'd you bring it up, bro? Okay. Why? Why'd you why? say that? Why'd you do it? But as soon as they said that, I was like, hold on. Pause, pause, It gets pause, better. Pause, pause. It gets better. Let's continue to the end of this yeah. house scene because I have some yeah. shit to say. Okay. So then Reed is like, well, let's get the cuffs to the FBI. We can at least like get their person's gender. And they're like, okay. So they go into the room where the woman was killed. There's blood all over the bed. And Gideon's, like, looking at all the photos and stuff. And it's like, okay, there's the family, there's this, there's that. And he's like, I'm looking for a reason as to why they were killed and why they would let this person in. They open the drawer. Miguel's photo is in her drawer. 
mm-hmm. and getting this like why is this photo hidden everything else is put up like this is it and navarro's like i don't know <laughs> i don't know so then in the daughter's bedroom Derek and Elle are looking through things that are like okay well the guy took jewelry from the daughter's bedroom and they're like you know when you have this kind of sexual homicide this the thief thievery is usually a second afterthought you know that's like a cover-up kind of thing or like you want a trophy but like the jewelry is still on Lupe the mother's body but he took it from the daughter's bedroom so like that's weird so then yeah. they go outside and here's your conversation <laughs> It has to be a heterosexual male because it is a sexual homicide and only a man who was attracted to women would kill a woman in a sexual way. Homosexual men would only attack men. Go for it. I love how they are talking about sexuality and gender like it is your fucking character class from an rpg they're like if you are a woman you have you cannot be killed by men if you are if you are a gay man you can only kill other men sorry women have damage they they can't they can't be hit by your damage actually i'm immune to charisma spells Literally, literally, it's like, literally. though, it's like yeah. actually, as a dwarf, I am immune to any elven magic, so you can yeah. fuck right off. Like, what? The actually, fuck? I'm a half elf. I can see in the dark up to 120 feet. <laughs> it's like that's not. I know. And the way Reed says, like, let's send the cups to the FBI so we can at least get their gender. I was like, okay, we're purposefully like gendering things yes and and we learned later that the reason navarro is like oh so homosexual men would only attack men is because he knows that miguel is gay and he knows also i think he also knows that miguel didn't do this well he's like he like suspects that he didn't do this so when they are giving like confirmation um um they he wants like proof he wants like his suspicions confirmed you know because he has like his cop hunch that miguel didn't do it but he yeah. doesn't have any reason for that you know and he can't say like he and he says this he says if he went to the district attorney and was like hey or the district attorney general and was like hey i don't think he did it because he's gay the district attorney general would be like what the fuck is wrong with you like that's not a reason to do anything so it's yeah it's, yeah, again, it's like poking at this kind of like the Hispanic. I mean, and that's the whole thing, right? And and this isn't a, a Hispanic thing, but like gay men are seen as effeminate. They're seen as more feminine. They are aligned with women, with straight women, right? Because they like men in quotation marks the same way women do, mm-hmm. you know? And like they are seen as effeminate. That's why you get your limp wrist. That's why you get the list. That's why you get the fashion and the decorating, right? Because if you're attracted to men, you must be more like a woman kind of thing. And especially in Hispanic cultures where you have this whole machismo thing, like being a man is about being sexually attractive and active with women. Mm-hmm. You know, as a guy, it is my fucking right to sleep with any woman I want to. You know, I can have affairs and it's not a big deal because I'm a man and that's what men do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so to be a gay man and to be... um it's not super relevant in this episode, but like to be a man, especially like a bottom, to be a man who receives sex from other men is to align yourself with women. And that's weakness. And that's like betraying your manhood and blah, 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 blah. You know, so like, that's why I think Hispanic cultures who put so much emphasis on this machismo, who put so much emphasis on 
um, uh, traditional, I guess, uh, views of manhood. That's why being gay is such a um, betrayal. That's why, mm-hmm. like, you know, Miguel's sisters talks about shame. My brother, you know, lays there like a woman. She doesn't say this, but, you know, the implication is my brother lays there like a woman, you know, and, you know, takes it, et cetera, et cetera, you know. And that's where you get this kind of, like, shame and stuff from. So, like, that's why it's such a huge cultural stigma. And I and I, I, I didn't, like, you know, again, I don't have any experience with this, obviously. But, like, when they say if they if people in prison knew Miguel was gay, they'd kill him. Yeah. Which is interesting to me, I think, because it's, like, the opposite of the normal stereotype of jokes you get about prison. Mm-hmm. You know, prison, the, you know, the terrible jokes, terrible stereotype is like, you're going to go to prison, you're going to be someone's fucking, you know, butt boy or whatever. Uh-huh. And so it's like odd that like, that then being gay in prison would be a death sentence instead of like a a boon, you know? yeah that was weird to me but i again that might be i mean it might be a Mexico thing i don't know about but it just felt like a nod the whole thing is uh number one terrible number two just a weird fucking framing device for them to take for this episode because they never really like frame it as a what's the word i'm looking for they never frame it like a machismo thing. They just frame it like a gay thing. They don't try and link those up at all. Like, they don't try and link up the yeah. idea of the homosexuality with the machismo, with the family unit. Like, they don't try and link, they don't try and draw any conclusions from those things. They're just like, gay people get reduced damage on straight people. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> no, wait, like, what does that mean? What does that yeah. mean? Yeah. It's just. It it felt so fucking strange to me. It was just such a... Especially the way that they had that conversation just really struck out to me as like, this is fucking weird. Like... Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yes. It's... Uh-huh. It's yeah. certainly a thing that happens. It's a... You know, it's a thing that happens. And it's bad and terrible and awful, and I wish Criminal Minds would do less of it. Yes. That's exactly correct. I do wish Criminal Minds would do less of it. I wasn't expecting this so soon after The Tribe. And then also so soon after the other gay episode we just had last time with somebody's watching. Yes. They were really like, let's just hit all this gay stuff. These are our two gay apps. Thank you. Goodbye. That's so weird. Yeah. It is weird. Now that you mentioned somebody's watching was last episode. They were like, yep. we did the lesbians. Now we uh-huh. can do the gays. Uh-huh. I don't like that at all. All right. Okay. They find out that Miguel's sister was like trying to talk to him. And when they were like, no, she just shut up completely. Wouldn't say anything. So they're all like, let's go find out what she's hiding. Um, so then they go to the police precinct and they, we meet Maria Sanchez, district attorney general, and she shows up and she, she goes, 
Agente Gideon, Agente Hodge. And I was like, she speaks perfect English. Why isn't she just saying agent? And then later, she just says agent. Yeah, but it's like she's Hispanic. She's got to be like, Agente, Agente. It's just so weird. Yeah, I put she's brusque and no nonsense. And then she's like, okay, bye, and leaves. And then, um, and then Captain Navarro says she's worse in Spanish. But also so true. She will bitch your ass out in Spanish, but she's fine to you, the federal agents in English. She wasn't even, but the thing is, it's like, she wasn't even like rude. She showed up. She was like, I'm so glad you're here. Like, I'm glad you can clear this up. Okay, bye. (laughs) And he was like, he was like, what a bitch. Am I right? She's worse in Spanish. <laughs> it was like, she was fine, though. She's just like, it was literally just like, she's a woman in charge. So he was like, yeah, fuck her. Am I right? <laughs> it's like, I didn't, I didn't like that. Um, oh, she says the papers are obsessed with serial killers. Like, I'm glad you're here to dispel that. Um, we're supposed to hate her because we're supposed to know that it is a serial killer and she's wrong and blah, 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 blah. But it's like. You are all working for a government, you know? She's not some, like, career politician out to ruin your lives. Like, Yeah. I just, I didn't get why she was the enemy. It was literally just, like, the one, like, there are no female police officers, but there is a female district attorney general. Therefore, she is the enemy. It was just, like, the weirdest, like, we hate to see a woman succeed. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Okay. So then we learned the neighbors heard the family fighting and it was the fighting from the beginning of the episode. Um, and they found Miguel trying to cross the border. He hired a coyote um, to cross the border and the sister is there. She thinks he's innocent and they're like, oh, what a good sister. So then Hodge and Gideon go into his police cell and they're like, tell us about the fight, whatever. And he says, oh, you know, my mom was angry about leaving about my leaving and and Gideon's like you've always had issues with your mother and then he's like you're hiding some terrible truth like when did you first know or actually when did your mother first know and Miguel's like first know what and Gideon goes that you're a homosexual and Miguel just goes no hablo inglés and I was like so funny (laughs) so funny but but also like the Mexican police chief like is also in the room though so like (laughs) You're yeah. in Mexico. I'm so sorry, dude. Like, You're not going to get out of it that easy, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but also, the fact that Gideon just looks at this man. It's like, when did your mother know you were gay? <laughs> You're fucking homophobic, Gideon. Please stop. Please it's, stop. It's, yeah, that really made me like, what? I was so what? Like, uncomfortable when? for this dude. And like, how did Gideon know that? Because... It's like Gideon was like, what is the worst possible secret for, that a, you could a, have. for a Mexican family? And it's literally like, gay you're son. gay. Like, it what if he had so like, bad. it could have been so many other things. Like, you know, quick trigger warning, sexual assault. But he could have like, raped his sister. You know, like, like there are things that it could have been that were not just like, he's gay. Yeah, you know? and the, the thing that they just like. And they never say how they knew. Also, out of all of them... Gideon. Gideon. Right. Gideon doesn't have gaydar. No. He doesn't know shit. Burn in hell. (laughs) Run away. But, like, also, like... How did they know? Like, why? How did they know? Like, in, like, like, what? 
How did but they like, know? What? What, yeah. what gave that away? Because nothing about his behavior screamed gay to me. Yeah. Like, like there was nothing, like, except, like, the guy at the beginning who was watching it, who Gideon didn't, didn't see. that guy yet. Yeah. So, like, there's, there's nothing. Gideon literally went, oh, the son did something that was bad enough that he was trying to, like, leave town. Yeah, he's gay. He definitely likes like, men. How? How? Yeah. Why? So then it cuts to Hotch, who's confronting Navarro in his office, and is like, you knew he was gay, like, you knew the whole time, you knew, that's why you asked, like, why, like, a gay man wouldn't have committed the murder, etc. And Navarro is basically like, I had to play the party line until I knew that I could trust you guys. Like, you know, the attorney general would have laughed in my face if I said he didn't do it because he was gay. How did I know you guys weren't going to do the exact same thing? You know, and he clearly, like, believes the serial killer and nobody else does, you know. And Hodge yeah. just, like, has no response to that. Because I feel like Hodge's only response would have been, like, I'm an American and we don't care about gay people, but, like, we know that's not true. So, like, what I'm could sorry. Hodge have said that would have been, like, you should have told me anyway because we're the police? Like, yeah, I'm glad they didn't have Hodge have a comeback to that. It's just uh, such so, a weird fucking... It's so weird. Such a weird setup that they had for this episode. Also, like, everyone knows this dude is gay, and yet somehow they're like, we can't out him, even though he's just, like, continuously outed throughout the episode. They're like, but we can't out him, though. Like... <laughs> like, what do the neighbors think this fight is about? You know? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, so then they're like, okay, well, give us all your files. And the guy is like, our police don't know how to handle this. They're going to be miss- missing basic details. And Hotch is like, it doesn't matter. Like, we need to rule out because, like, this could have been a crime of passion and not related to the other ones. So, like, we need to rule that out at least. Um, this is where we find out that Miguel would be killed if he went to a Mexican prison. And that's why he's still, like, in the, you know, cell at the police station. And then they're like, okay, we'll ask his sister to get him to talk. Um, and they're asking about the fight and the sister's like I'm not going to talk to you and then Gideon's like we know he's gay and that he could be killed if he goes to prison like don't you want to protect him and then the sister is like his friend you know Roberto saw the fight with the mother you know but like she wasn't going to say anything because she didn't want to out him because of the shame and the fear and like family is everything mm-hmm. Um, and so they leave and Elle is like, I still think the sister is hiding something, but like, whatever. Um, we ne- She's not hiding anything else. Yeah, that never comes back up again, no. ever. Yeah. So then we learned that before Roberto and Miguel were together, Roberto had a wife. So they're like, okay, he's bisexual. And if he's bisexual, that means he can kill women. He can get around that damage threshold that women have against gay men, apparently. Yeah. So they go to talk to him. He's like a taxi driver. And, and they're like, come on, let's go for a walk. There's some terrible ADR here. Oh, yeah. His mouth is moving, and the words are literally not in line with his mouth. It was literally like, it was almost like they had the guy speak Spanish and then they recorded over in English. Like, it was like terrible. Um, Also, they were like, let's take a walk, and then walked five feet away from his taxi. They just, they were like, yeah, let's take a walk, and then started talking immediately as soon as they took their first step. Like, they didn't go anywhere before they started talking. 
So then you find out that Miguel's mother was accepting, but his uncle wasn't. And like the reason he was there was because Miguel was drunk and he was like worried mm-hmm. that Miguel would just make stupid. Um, and he did see a woman there that he didn't recognize. He figured she was like a social worker, 40s, 50s, heavy set. Um, and Mrs. Rendevar tells us that like social workers come from the city all the time to help to like let you know, these small town women know of their rights and to know what help they can get because of like the outreach programs. Uh, and that makes sense as to why there was tamarind water because it was a woman. Again, this Again. whole thing, it just reminds me of the like, dude, you're drinking a Cosmo? Are you gay? Like, that's Fellas, a girl okay drink. drink water? <laughs> hey, fellas, is it gay to drink fruit juice? Um, Fellas, is it gay to eat fruits and vegetables every day? I think it's kind of gay to fucking <laughs> Is it gay to brush your teeth? Like, <laughs> What else are you going to be fucking doing with your mouth? Sucking dick? Come on. Don't oh, brush I don't wipe when teeth. I go to the bathroom. I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no offense to straight men, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> no offense to straight men, but why do you say the things that you do? You know, no offense to like cisgender men, but like, reevaluate your life. <laughs> um, think about yourself before you come to talk to me. Yeah, think about Let yourself me, first. Yeah, I did like this moment where Derek is like super chill about this dude being gay. Derek is like, yeah, I didn't think you know Roberto was guilty. Like, he didn't blame his boyfriend, and like a guilty guy would have. He was just super, just like. Yeah, that was his boyfriend. Like, super, like, nice. And I was like, okay, Derek, I see you. I refreshing see you, ally in this episode. Refreshing which thus far ally. has been filled with just weirdly passive-aggressive statements yeah. about homosexuality. But Derek's just like, yeah, that was his boyfriend. He didn't blame him. So, yeah. like, Derek's like, Derek's like he didn't blame his boyfriend. And he could have, and he didn't. And then Gideon goes, mm, check his alibi anyway. Check out his records. I don't trust the guy. It's like, oh, we're Gideon. Gideon, okay. get it. You're homophobic. Yeah. Um, God. And then, oh, then so Penelope much. calls and speaks, like, really bad Spanish. And she's like, sorry, I took French in high school. And this is where Morgan is like, your last name is Garcia. And Penelope says, it's my stepfather's name. Also, if uh-huh. she took French in high school, you would still be able to pronounce Spanish a little bit better than you did, sweetheart. Hola, como estas? She said the most basic Spanish shit and was like, uh, in the most white person way. Hola, like, mis amigos. It's just like, yeah. If you speak one of those romance languages, yeah, it's easier to pick up your mouth into the shape of another one. Any foreign language, I pretend like it's Spanish and I just treat it like it's Spanish. <laughs> and it, hey, it served me well so far. Hey, it works. But, like, especially yeah. French and Spanish. French, Spanish, and Italian all sort of have that same open, yeah. flowy structure to yeah. them, which is not, that's probably not the correct way to refer to it as, but... Rhythmic. Rhythmic is a better way to refer to it as. Thank you. But, like, it's the same concept. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Also, she's close enough with her stepfather to have taken his last name. Yeah. Like that's maybe something you know that just I... like a little bit. Maybe you just heard it once in your life. Also, like the implication is that her stepfather does speak Spanish, so she's like heard it before in her life. Yeah, it's just it's just so weird. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I did make a note that Rita's like playing with the fan, and I did like that he's just standing there, like 
I'm gonna play with this fan that's directly in front of me. That's <laughs> like that's like same, bud. It's like fidgety kid. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, okay, so then the DNA comes back, uh, and it's a man. There were two, so the two cups. One was a man. One was a woman. And then Rita's like, wait a minute. What if she thought it was a woman? And basically, it's like, it's a common ruse with old lady killers to dress like a woman because no one expects a woman to be a killer. So now we know it's a crossdresser. So then um, the profile, they give the profile, and it's that somebody who went from a peeping Tom to a rapist to a killer. And they don't quite know the connection between all the women yet, um, but that, like, this person's been doing it for, like, years, and he's, like, had a lot of planning. Um, They have had a lot of planning. And then they're like, okay, we need to re-interview all the witnesses and we need to talk to sex criminals. And then we... Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. So then we learned there's a new body. It was a woman. She was 67, stabbed in the neck and genitals and they, genitals, and they took her necklace uh, from the body, which is new. And we learned that this, pers- this person went from killing one old woman every nine weeks to killing two women in three days. So it's like a crazy escalation. Elle goes to talk to the daughter and she asks about the necklace and the daughter is like, it was my necklace. She gave it to me for my birthday, but she doesn't have any nice jewelry. So I lent it to her for the holiday. So really he took the daughter's necklace, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we learned there's a disturbance at the police station. (laughs) Okay. There's a whole lot here. As a trans person, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I hated this yeah okay so let's get through it quick let's get through it trigger warning for that yeah it's a roughie guys it's um so we get there and a bunch of trans women or i guess cross dressers are being brought into the station and that varquez vasquez whatever this guy's name is the other cop is like what you told me to Vorquez, you told me to bring in the sex criminals. And they're literally just like trans women and cross dressers. Yeah. Uh, we don't see any of their faces. They are literally walked from the van to the police station and then we never see them again. It is sort of implied that these ladies are sex workers. Mm. And Oh, I thought it was just like it's illegal the cross-dressing. I think that was part of it, but I also think more of it was that they were implying that they were sex workers. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. I can see that. Because they try and do that a few other times in this series. Mm-hmm. So, so then, yeah. Not good. Not good. Not good. So then Maria Sanchez shows up again. The district attorney general shows up and she's like, she's like, what the fuck is going on? You're making us look like a joke. Which, you know. She's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And she's basically like, you're uninvited. Goodbye. And she leaves. Um, And then JJ shows up again. And then JJ shows up again. She shows up again in her cute little suit. I'm pretty sure she's wearing her Tobias Hankel button down. I'm Which sorry, give I don't me have some as a photographic memory of JJ's, JJ's outfits, outfits as you do. Um, I'm sorry. 
Leave me alone. She's back. She's upset. Basically, um, Navarro is like, what the fuck? I told you, like, we said that, like, you know, the killer could be a man dressing as a woman. We didn't tell you to round up the transvestites. So here's, <sighs> we need to take a moment to talk about this. Yeah, let's talk. So the way we talk about trans people is very recent. Transgender. Yes is mm-hmm. incredibly recent. I mean, we were putting trans with the asterisk on it five years ago. Yes. You know, and, and if you don't know, trans with the asterisk was short for transgender, transvestite, transsexual, etc. Mm-hmm. So kind of the original, they use transsexual in this show. Um, not this episode, I don't think, but in the show. Basically, like, transgender was not really a word until... Well, it wasn't common until recently. It used to be that transvestites, like Eddie Izzard, who has come out as transgender since, but Eddie Izzard was a transvestite. Eddie Izzard was a straight man who dressed like a woman. And that was what a transvestite was, right? It was a hetero, a cishet man who liked to enjoy wearing women's clothing. That was a transvestite, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have, so like drag queen, and I guess drag queens are, Technically, I guess transvestites, they're gay men usually, but they would go under the category of kind of transvestite. And then what we call transgender was transsexual, meaning, I don't know, trans women, (laughs) basically. But we would call them transsexual um, because the emphasis was kind of the idea of it, I guess, was gay men who, because of their sexual preference or because of their sexual identity, as we would say now, felt the need to dress as a woman. They were men who were attracted to men and therefore, like we were talking about earlier, aligned themselves with women. And that was a transsexual. You know, and now we have a much more nuanced understanding of being transgender. And we don't really use the term transvestite anymore, unless it's like, you know, drag queens or transgender people calling themselves transvestites. Yes. Or, and we kind of don't really at all call each other transsexual. That's kind of gone because it has a very incredibly negative derogatory, mm-hmm. you know, implication. But like, and I'm going to use, you know, the T word slur here, but like tranny is short for transsexual, not for transgender, you know. And so that's why trans had an asterisk until what, 20, 2014? we were using trans with an asterisk because it included those other groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we just kind of use transgender or you're just a drag queen, drag king, you know, if yeah. you cross dress without, you know, without being trans, you're just kind of a drag queen or king, you know? Yeah. And I and think then, it is also yeah. important to remember that this episode came out in April of 2006. So if you're like, wow, this language sounds outdated, it's because it is. And even like Gideon, so Gideon says, he goes, men dressing like women, it's a manifestation of sexual preference. It's a lifestyle, you know? And and I think, I mean, again, until recently, we were saying the gay lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we were calling being gay, being trans, a lifestyle choice. You know, I'm choosing to live as a gay person. I'm choosing to live as a man or as a woman, you know, and, and we don't 
we don't really call it a lifestyle anymore, the homosexual lifestyle, the queer lifestyle, um, yeah. unless it's, you know, at least in the queer community, a joke. Um, yeah. You know, but we don't really call it, it's not a lifestyle choice, you know? It's just mm-hmm. who I am as a person and I'm a person and I have a life, right? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 I think it's one of those things where like criminal minds thought, you know, thought they were being or for the time were being supportive of trans people but also like it's not good language like like what Gideon I think what Gideon is saying is being trans or cross-dressing is not deviant behavior yeah is what he's trying to say like cross-dressing is not the sign of a mental illness it's not the sign of a violent person it's it's a it's just the way somebody is choosing to live mm-hmm. which as a very general sentiment is cool. true yeah yeah like okay um it could, you could be arresting us right <laughs> you know yeah the um the the folks they are um parading into the police station by the way are uh on IMDb yeah their official sort of like title in the episode uh-huh. is a Mexican prostitute huh so that's where i kind of got the fact that they were being paraded in here they as were trans sex workers sex workers and not just because they were dressing like women also, uh, I think of note here, they're the ones that are credited on IMDb are mm-hmm. uh, played by men. Wow. By cis men, as far as I can tell from their IMDb uh-huh. bios and looking at their Twitter. So, uh-huh. bad. But I think, you know, I think one thing they didn't explore in this episode that would have been interesting is the fact that this killer for all of their cross-dressing is straight. Yeah. And that is something, it was like as soon as they were a cross-dresser, we did not care if they were gay or straight anymore. You know, They didn't I care think, about the damage reductions between sexualities anymore. Freaks, yeah, we didn't care who was immune to what. Um, I just think that it's like, and we'll get to it when we start talking about the rape victims, but I, I, don't appreciate that they just fucking dropped that you know like the whole thing had been like is he gay oh no he's a cross-dresser as if it were like the same yeah they they sort of just drop it in the way that like they don't want to deal with the end of that storyline anymore so they just want you to equate gay equal cross-dresser equal bad yeah, and it's like we didn't get like a oh, so they're a lesbian, you know, or we didn't get like an so they're straight, but they're dressing like a woman. You we just didn't get any sort of like nuance that gender identity or gender presentation is different from sexual orientation at all. Yes, and I think that is definitely a 2006 this show was, was made in say. 2006 um yeah. mm-hmm. widely it 
gender presentation and gender identities were not as widely explored as publicly as they were in 2006. I mean, we've evolved a lot of new language and a lot of, I think, more respectful language currently. Yes. Um, And I feel like 2006 was just one of the it it was just one of those things where, like, they didn't want to, number one, do their homework. Number two, they didn't want to, like, dig into that too much. And number three, they just didn't really give a shit. Right. Like, they didn't care. I mean, I think it's I mean, I think it's interesting because, like, you know, the L word started in 2005. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure. And. Even in like the L word, which is in theory all about queer women and queer people, they treated trans people like dog shit. Yeah, the L word actually started in 2004, by the way. Okay, but it was, you know, in the midst of it. But they treat trans people in that show like dog shit, you know? So it's like in, in 2021, this episode is... A piece of shit. Uh huh. In 2006, Gideon saying, hey, like, cross dressing is not a psychology of behavior. It's a lifestyle. It's legitimate. That was kind of something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? In a weird way, it was. Unfortunately, criminal minds treating trans people with any modicum of respect. <laughs> was insane in 2006 yeah so it's like i do want to i do want to say this is shitty as hell because it is and it's terrible. yeah it's It's garbage you know but yeah it could have been worse i don't know i think i think i think one of the problems too is they never we never learn why this person is cross-dressing uh-huh because even when he was or they were raping they were cross-dressing yeah, and that, they never, never go into the why of it. They also, spoiler alert for the end of this episode, they never talk about the mother skeleton at all. Oh, they and never <laughs> talk just, about I the mother skeleton. Know. I want to know. So God, bad. You're so right. You are so right. They turn that chair around and Ella's like, uh-oh. And Derek walks in and goes, we were a little late. And then they... Do Never not mention it again. Like, it's so right. What the fuck? Okay. We gotta keep going. We have we're to keep going. Done. We've been we're recording for two episodes. No, we're not. We're like halfway through this episode. I've only got a, two pages of notes left, so. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um. Okay. So this is where, oh my God, I cringed so hard at the way they talk about rape in this episode. Not even yeah. cringe. I, I was upset about the way they talked about rape in this episode. So... The main guy is like, yeah, a bunch of rapes are never, like, rapes aren't reported in Mexico because it's usually done by a person in power, like a family member or even a police officer. He straight up just admits that it's law enforcement. He straight up says that. And the other cop is like, yeah. (laughs) There's no emotion from the other police officer. None. And and then later, Elle is like, I wrote it down because I was so mad. Elle says, what can the police do if when a crime is committed, no one comes forward? Hey, bestie Elle, what do you do if a fucking police officer rapes you? Are you supposed to be like, 
actually, I do want to like be a proponent of people coming forward. So like, if I could just give you a report about how you specifically you actually you the person just raped me, if you could just write that down in your little notebook, like, excuse me. I just, I. <laughs> there are so many reasons people don't come forward to report rapes. So many reasons. And a lot of them have to do with the fact that they come from people in power. But mm-hmm. that's not just like, the response to that isn't like, yeah, of course they're not going to come forward. It was people in power. The response should be like, we should make it so that it is not world ending to report a person in power, you know? Yeah. It just, okay. Yeah. Bad. Great, wonderful, terrible, terrible. So terrible. JJ's like, JJ goes, we should do a press conference. And the guy's like, yeah, 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 we will. So JJ's like, you have to be forceful, but respectful. You know, we need to talk about how the criminal can be stopped. Like, don't even mention the killer. We're talking about rapists because we want people to come forward. We want women to be like, yes, I was raped. We're not trying to be like, did the guy who raped you seem like a killer? You know, we want all of the reports to come forward um, because this is going to help us learn why he transitioned from raping to killing. Mm-hmm. And then we can ha- catch him like from that information. And Derek talks about possible stressors um, and like how we should look for women who recorded, who reported rape before the first killing. Like, you know, if we can figure out, like, who the last one was, we can maybe figure out the stressor. So JJ says, like, we want to have a press conference, but we should also interview directly. Like, do you have any police officers, you know, female police officers, so women are more comfortable? And this is when the guy is like, yeah, we don't have any female police officers. He calls JJ boss. JJ goes... I love that he constantly calls all the ladies, like, boss. Yeah. I love that, actually. I think that's yeah. really funny. He, JJ goes, you should have your female police officers do this. And he goes, we don't have any female police officers, boss. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, you cannot think of a single respectful, no, there's no ma'am. Nope, just boss. There's no agent. Nothing but boss, baby. Nothing, Nothing but, but boss. boss. I, too, would look at JJ and say, hell yeah, boss. Yeah, <laughs> boss, like, come laugh. on. It's kind of funny, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, so then Elle is like, you do now. Uh, so then it just cuts. We do not see the press offer, off the press conference. We do not see any of these interviews. It just cuts to Elle walking out of a building saying, man, I've been speaking so much Spanish. I'm going to forget how to speak English. And the cop says, you look Hispanic. And she <laughs> says, my mother's Cuban. And he's like, all right, Cubanita, like... You got this. And I was like, this is how we learn Elle's cultural backstory. Is <laughs> Elle being like, man, I've been speaking a lot of Spanish. And him saying, you look like you speak Spanish. And her saying, I do. Like, that's how we learn Elle's backstory? Okay. Like, well, like, I just, also, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am very, very grateful for some Cuban representation because that shit doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But Elle is from New York. She should be Puerto Rican. She should be Dominican. <laughs> Why is she from the Bronx and Cuban? I don't know what it is with television, with Hollywood, refusing to make Cubans from Miami. Like once upon a time, or once upon a time, one day at a time is about a Cuban family and they live in LA. They live in LA, make them Mexican. I just don't like, 
like I'm here for the Cuban rep, but like let a fucking Cuban be from Miami. I don't understand. Like, why are we so afraid to make Cubans from Miami? I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just. It's like one know. of those things where I'm like, God, I wish I could see myself on TV. But I like, I know that what I'm asking for is to see another white person on television. But it's like, I have never seen a Hispanic person like me on television. They're, they're, they just don't exist. Yeah. You know, the closest I've come is like um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the one who's like hella anal. <laughs> oh, uh, Santiago? Yeah, she's the closest. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the actress is Cuban, but the character is Puerto Rican. So again, you know, who cares? Hispanics, am I right? Mix and match. Interchangeable, I guess. Don't even have to be Hispanic. Let's keep casting Italians. I hate that. You know, I hate that. I'm aware that you hate that. And I, I get it. I do too. I just, I mean, West Side Story. Am I right? Rita Moreno, <laughs> Puerto Rican. Everyone else, Italian and brown face. Love it. Uh, We're still doing that. When was that movie made? The it. fucking like 30s? Yeah. Here we are. Fucking Supergirl. What's her face? Oh, yeah. Maggie Danvers. We love to cast Italians as Hispanic women. Let's keep doing it. Who cares? Am I right? Like, who cares? That's sarcasm. I think we could all tell that that was sarcasm, James. I think we could all tell. I did. I just had to tone tag it. Clarify. All right. A woman. We find that a woman has called the station with information. She's very close by. So they go. And the woman is like, do you care? Do you even care? And I was like, you called the police station. <laughs> like, I get you it. Like, I do call. get it. But, like, you did call the police station, though. Um, so Al sends the guy cop away. And this is where she says, like, what can the police do if no one comes forward? The woman is like, I called him. I, like, the guy was a dog and a coward. Like, he came at me from behind and started raping me. And then I hit him and he was bleeding. Um, but then he was wearing a dress, so I called him a pathetic woman. And she starts making fun of him for wearing a dress. Uh, and that happened about two years ago. Also, El calls her Milagros. And I was like, that's not her name. Milagros stands for miracle. It translates directly to miracle. So when El calls her that, I was like, El, why are you calling this woman that? Like, I get it. Like, it's cool, but like, whatever. Um, but then, no, her name is Milagros. Yeah. Um, I have a cousin, Millie, which is short for Milagros. Um, it's a common Hispanic name. Okay. Cut to the station. And then Elsa, she claims it happened two years ago. And it was just like, it was like, you have to come forward. You have to report it. Anyway, she's claiming it happened two years ago. I was like, wow. They really... You really flipped on a dime there, huh, Elle? Yeah, exactly. Did... You really uh, just flip-flopped there, huh, babes? It could have been she said it happened two years ago. It happened two years ago. She claims. Allegedly. She claims. It happened to you. Like... All right. So then they were like, oh, it must have happened just before the stressor. And then they were like, no, she probably was the stressor because she, like, she made him impotent. So, like, every time he tries to have sex he can only hear her insulting him 
And so he started raping older women because he thought it'd be easier, but then he like can't even rape older women again with that like you don't have it in you narrative. Yeah. It's I just Again, it's like the show clearly has sympathy for rape victims. The characters are very much on the rape victim side, but still the way they talk about it, like it is not this woman's fault that he began killing people. Also, like, she did not make him impotent. No. She did not ask to be raped. She did not ruin him for sex. She did not make him start killing older women. You know? Like, just the way that they were like, oh yeah, she made him impotent, because now every time he tries to he tries to get it on. He here's her, her laughing. It's like, okay, but like, she did not do that. No. She, she just, yeah. it's a wild, like, victim blamey way of speaking. And like, I don't know, the way that they talk about sexual violence in this episode is bad. And yeah. I just, it's just so confusing. Because they, like, they want to be like, yeah, we can help victims of sexual violence. But then also, they're like, yeah, but also, if this victim of sexual violence had not laughed in this guy's face, he wouldn't have murdered people. It's just a weird, like, there, what there, are you doing here? There, What's going on? Yeah, this episode's just like a like a laundry list of Bad, 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 bad. Like, uh-huh. like they never explain why he's wearing women's clothing. Like, we know, like, Reed says it's a ruse for killing old ladies, but then we learn that he was already wearing a dress when he was raping women. And that, and also she saw that he was wearing a dress and was so, like, you're a man wearing a dress? dress? That's pathetic. What fucking kind of man are you? Like, that's also something that should, should have been addressed. Not in any sort of, like, victim-blaming way, but, like, what are the deep-seated, transphobic, gender-stereotyping, nonsense bullshit that, like, brought that out? Like, I would yeah. like to know, like, why is he wearing a dress? Why was that her first response? Why did that make him impotent? Like, there was, like, such room here for, like talking about the harm that gender stereotypes do that rigid gender roles do you know and we haven't even gotten to how they quotation marks solve it yeah how it ends like there's just a lot here that i don't like any of it i don't like any of it it's just so weird because it feels like this episode is so long but so short because they talk about nothing for so long you know oh it's like they hint at talking about things and they just like don't it's like anyway, we'll we'll do our conversation about gender identity later, and then later never happens. And then later never happens. And you're yeah. like, um, yeah. wait, yeah. can we? So then, um, yeah. So then Milagros comes into the police precinct with six of the women, and um, she's like, "We may not talk to you, but we talk to each other," which, like, yeah, so true. Cool. Class solidarity. Class. Gender, so, whatever, whatever. so then it cuts to like the 
I hate like the man putting on lipstick, you know, this person, them putting on lipstick. And then they go, hola, in like a feminine voice, Mm -hmm. uh, and then smash the mirror. And then you see them like approaching the moment, a woman from behind and like petting her head while she watches TV. And I wrote a parentheses dead question mark. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, is she going to be dead? She's going to be dead. She's (laughs) going to be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So then Gideon's like watching everyone take statements from the six women. Uh, And then we. The way Gideon is, he he just like leers at these people. It's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. Sure, he's having one of his quote-unquote genius moments, but it's also fucking weird. Don't you know what people like that, Gideon, especially when they're giving, like, yeah. statements about sexual assault. Like, don't just fucking stare at people, you fucking weirdo. It made me think about how much we, like, talk shit about, like, the mind palace moments when everything is all floaty, but it does make the staring less weird. Like, I get that he's having no, a doesn't. mind palace moment. No, but like in like for us watching, like it doesn't make yeah. the fact that he's staring. But like, if if they had had things like this and then that, I would be like, okay, he's thinking. And instead, it's just like him being like, huh? Huh? <laughs> like he oh, just man. fucking leers at these people, and it's just so weird. Stop yeah. looking at them, old man. <laughs> Get your eyes off of them. God, go put your glasses on. Read a book or some shit. Jesus. This yeah. is fucking weird. Yeah. So after the six women talk, we get the guy's crosses. He goes up to them in the street. They go up to the women in the street. They put a knife to their back. They take them out to the desert. And then they kiss their neck while they're having sex. And then JJ's face. Then the guy asks, how did I do? JJ's face is like, she cannot be more grossed out. Yeah. By this whole thing. And How honestly, did I do? so true. Me honestly, too, girl. So yeah. Me too. So then they start describing them as like passive and non-athletic. He probably fantasizes that they're, you know, their girlfriend. Um, they're dissuaded by screaming and they most likely live or work nearby to where the women live or work. Uh, there was a cute, I guess, Gideon and Reed moment where Reed is like, the there's like two things that these kind of killers do, like they're probably not aesthetic. They fantasize about relationships and then they're dissuaded by screaming and fighting. And Gideon goes, is that the only thing? And Reed goes, oh no, there is one more. And then they get interrupted by Navarro being like, three of these women worked in the same factory. And then Reed goes, they live or work nearby. <laughs> and I just like, that was cute. Gideon being like, are you sure that's everything? And Reed like, oh no, you're right. There is one more thing. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Papa. I remember. <laughs> So they go to the factory. There's a female owner who's like very protective of women, and she's like, "She's I would so never." Fun, by the way. Oh, love her. She's like, "I would never do anything. I would never like, you know, let any guy harass these women." And they're like, "Probably someone shy at work, like peeping Tom in the dressing rooms." And she's like, "No." So they ask like, "How many male employees do you have?" And she says, "Like over 50. So they start going through all the files. And Elle is like, you know, she wasn't kidding. Like, these people, they have one citation for harassment, and then if it happens again, they're fired. And Hotch is like, Hotch says something like, oh, she's, like, super tough. And Ella's like, Ella's like, oh, Hotch, are you afraid of a woman? Which is like, Elle, shut up. But then, but then Derek goes, I'm afraid of her. 
Yeah, <laughs> I like, like that, that all of the guys are like, oh no, I wouldn't fuck with her. I'm not yeah. about to fuck with her. Ella's like, Ella's like, ha ha ha, you afraid of a woman? And they're like, I'm afraid of scary people. And she's scary. <laughs> like, it was like... It's Ella, also, like, I don't know, it also yeah. sometimes comes down to that thing where like, you know when there's like a woman who, you know when there's like a woman in power who people think are bitchy, but like she's only bitchy to men. And if you were ever to like directly approach her and be nice, she would be wonderful to you. Yeah. But then <laughs> the moment you turn around or the moment a man makes a comment out of line, she's like, you're fucking dead. Like, that's what <laughs> it feels to like me. to me. You know, it feels yeah. like one of those like, one of those high powered business bitches whom I adore. Yeah. Who just like is very sweet to you, but then the moment you step out of line, she's like, "No, fuck this. I'm not and taking it's like, this." And it's like the two women in power that we see, this factory owner and Maria Sanchez, are both like "quote unquote" scary bitches. When really they're just like strong women who have had to fight men their whole lives to get to where they are. And yeah, I, I, I just don't like, like that those are conflated. Like, mm-hmm. if you're living in a male-dominated world, working in a male-dominated field, and you as pretty much shit, all of us are, right? And you've been through some shit, like you become tough as nails. You have to be. And I don't like when that is then seen by men or other women as being a bitch. Like, no, like I had to be like this to get this job. And I have to be like this to keep this job. And also it's just You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's also just like they seem to have standards on how they are treated and how people around them are treated. And for yeah. some reason that makes them bitches, which like, yeah. Hey gang, if you know how you should be treated and you don't have to accept anything less, people are going to think you're a bitch for that. But like, also you're right. Don't fucking, you're yeah. good. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you're good. It's just so weird to me that they're like, Oh, but you know, she's a bitch because she doesn't let me get away with sexist shit. Good. Also like, also like women don't have to be likable. We don't have to be nice to you. <laughs> that's just it. I don't have to be yeah, nice to you, period. That's like the thing. It's like women are only like tolerable if they're nice. Like I have to like this woman in power or I or she shouldn't be in power, you know? And it's just like no (laughs) like no she has to be good at her job and that's it you don't have to be able to be best friends you know yeah all right anyway there's only one person who worked there with a sex crime and it wasn't the right person so they're like okay we need to like narrow the profile and this is when the guy is like oh this killer definitely like lacks machismo like he doesn't have the confidence that mexican men have and then, okay, Elle's comment here made me be like, baby girl, I'm so sorry. These are the men you've slept with. Elle says, men with confidence do not ask if they are doing well. They assume they are doing well in bed and at work. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm confident in bed. I still ask if she's enjoying it. Yeah. I still ask if I'm doing a good job. Part of being well in bed is checking in with your partner. I'm confident because I know that I am taking my partner into consideration. I just don't like this, like, if a man is confident in bed, he's never going to ask if it's going well. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like, okay. <laughs> sorry, Elle. Like... <laughs> Yeah, Elle, I'm really sorry you've been having apparently subpar sex this whole time. I'm really Jesus. sorry, girl. Elle, speaking from experience, Elle's like, I put on a strap and then I do not give a shit. Like, <laughs> Elle's like, I Honestly, do not ask so how true. it's going. I do not ask how I did. I know I did well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as soon as Elle says in bed and at work, she and Hachik make eye contact and they go back to the woman. And Elle is like, this guy would like, he would need to know how he was doing. He would probably ask, like, how am I doing? And the woman's like, how am I doing? Oh, Pablo Vargas. He's been on vacation for four days. And they were like, oh, since Lupa was killed. And the woman is like, uh. <laughs> and also, um, she mentioned something that I don't think ever, like, comes up, but it is fun to note, is they mentioned that, she mentions that he works, or he supervises the plus-size women's department. He's the floor manager for the plus size women's And so yeah. it's like, obviously, that's why earlier Roberto was like, yeah, like a like a heavier woman. Oh, my God. I, didn't I even, know. I was, I was just like, hell yeah, have a plus size women floor. <laughs> <laughs> Make those plus size clothes. <laughs> but also, that's why he, he used plus size clothes, because that's what he could get. Like. Mm. They never mention it, but that's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> You're a good point. Um, okay. They go to his house. The windows are covered. The TV's on. Someone's inside. They break in. We see the woman from before, from behind. Elle turns the chair around. <laughs> she's like a dead person. And Elle's just like, oh. And then she's like, Derek. And he comes <laughs> in like, are you all right? Are you okay? What's going on? And then he sees her and goes, oh, we were a little late. <laughs> It's like, Derek is top tier this episode. <laughs> the whole episode. Like, he does get his, like, sorry, why are we going to Mexico at the beginning? But the rest of the episode, he's like, hell yeah, got some guys have boyfriends. And then he's like, I'm scared of women if they're scary. <laughs> like, and now he's like, aw, damn, she's really dead, though. <laughs> like, this woman that they turn around the chair to. Can we talk about this? They terrifying. turn around this woman. Terrifying. It is a skeleton. There are no bones. There is nothing zombie. but bones. Full zombie. Nothing but bones here, gang. How long has that person been there? It's his nothing mother, right? Bones. The implication is that it's their the mother. The implication is that it's mother and uh, that it's this this person's mother. And also that this mother is now wearing all of the necklaces that this person yeah. had stolen. He's, I and... put that it's souvenirs for mother. Yes. That's what Derek says. She's super dead. Like, has been dead dead. (laughs) for, like, a long time. Yeah. Why? Super dead. Why? They never talk about this again. Why Why is she super dead? How long has she been dead? Here are my questions for the episode. Uh Uh-huh. Why does he cross-dress? Uh-huh. Why? Why is his mother dead? Why Why did he keep his mother in his home? Why did he keep his mother in his home for so long with the TV on so she can watch it? (laughs) Why? 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 Who is this person? (laughs) Like, here's yet another episode where I'm like, this person is 10 times cooler than anybody else in this episode. Who is this cross-dressing, dead mother-having, like... (laughs) Person, who is this Norman Bates-ass motherfucker? 
what is going on here? Their their only line in this episode is, hola, <laughs> before smashing the mirror. Like, I wanted, I want the episode to be about this person. I don't give a shit about how Mexico handles gay people. I want to know about this person. <laughs> this falls into the trap, though, of so long in this episode, they were focusing on what the killer isn't gay. Right. And right. male. Right. And so long they were focusing on those points and they never paid attention to who the killer was to the point where we didn't we we receive no explanation for this Nothing. dead skeleton mother. There is no explanation for mommy skeleton Why? here. Why, Why? Mommy skeleton? Why, Why? mommy skeleton? <laughs> Why mommy skeleton? I just also also this whole like only heterosexual men kill women because it's got a sexual component to it. But then they say like cross-dressing is like about your sexual preference. So like. I think here's how I think it works. If we're going with our dumb RPG idea is that. (laughs) The cross-dressing supersedes whatever damage uh, mitigation they get from gay people is, I think, the thing. Is I think the cross-dressing, it, it's, that enables you to kill anybody because then you're too powerful. It's That's actually true. really okay. It's like being bisexual. Exactly. You can kill anybody. Roberto, Roberto was bisexual, so he could kill men and women. He's, he's and, overpowered as fuck, yeah. Right. And Pablo... <laughs> is a cross-dresser. So both a man and a woman, therefore both straight and gay at once. Can kill anybody. Can kill anybody. <laughs> the bisexuals and the non-binary people <laughs> can kill anybody. It's like a Venn diagram, right? Yeah. Where it's like can kill men, can kill women. And then in the center is bisexuals and non-binary people. And then at the top tier is me. The bisexual non-binary. I can kill every I am God. <laughs> you can do no wrong. It's fine. I can kill them all. <laughs> every Dia de los Muertos, I have a fashion show of my victim. So many are they of all genders and sizes. I just... <laughs> Why did we not get any clarification on the mom skeleton? <laughs> What's the logic? At first it was like, okay, it's uh, definitely a man, but gay. And then it's definitely a man, not gay. And then it's a man, question mark, but definitely into women. It's like, yeah, okay. All right, hold on. I just We got it. We so got to finish. We're so close. We have like half a page left. Okay. We go back to the station. We see the older women walking home from church. Evening mass. Stock. Great. Back at the station. How do we track? Why these victims? And then there's like a chalkboard with all these like names and dates. And they're like, what is this? And that police guy is like, oh, I made a chart. Like they said of all the rape victims. I made a chart. Like she told me to. I love that this dude, while they were doing all that, he just kind of like t- took the time. He's like, oh, yeah, I know they wanted a timeline of this. So I guess I'll just take this time to I'm write one like out. Just make a little chart. Just make a little chart. <laughs> I just um, think that's fun. Yeah. So then they realized that all of the murder victims, their maiden names are the same last names as the rape victims. And they put it together. 
that he is killing the mothers of his rape victims. And yeah. in order, like the order of him them being raped, he is killing them. Um, and then last is Milagro's mother. So they go to Milagro's mother's house. There is blood in the living room. There's blood in the hallway. They go outside. There is a woman, question mark, on the ground. And Derek is like, you got me? And Ella's like, I'm right behind you. Um, and then they will them over. And it's a very bloody man in drag. And then all the rape victims and Milagro's mother come out of the trees. And she says, he pretended to be a woman. Now he doesn't have to pretend. Why? They cut his fucking dick off. Yeah. All right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Thoughts, 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 thoughts. Thoughts, 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 thoughts. Um, okay. You do not need a dick to be a man. Let's just yes. start there. Being a woman is not the lack of a dick. One. Yes. Let's just start two, there. Two. Uh, we don't trust the police, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of, yeah. we had to take the law into our own hands. I get uh, it. Th- and then there was like a women sticking together kind of thing. Yeah. Um, then there was like no consideration that maybe they were trans. Like that's like, like once they became a murderer, like didn't like matter. That didn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a, we don't trust the justice system to like put him away. Which um, I get. And then there's like, we're not going to kill him. We're just going to cut his dick off because the dick is the source of our trauma, not the person to whom it was connected, which is kind I of I also, like... though, that dude was so bloody. I would, I'm, I would be shocked if he survived. He was very oh, bloody. I mean, all of them were holding like off. baseball bats and like. Oh, that dude, that dude definitely died. Okay. But like, they didn't just like stab him. They were like, no, we're going to cut his fucking dick off. Yeah. Which was like, okay. And then they go back to the police precinct and Maria Sanchez is talking to them and Gideon's like, are you going to charge them? And she says, for what? They were defending their homes? Well, she says it in... Spanish. She says it in Spanish, yeah. So the team doesn't know what she said besides Elle. Well, well, she says like no, they were de- yeah, no, they were defending their homes, and then we get the Mexican proverb: the house does not rest upon the ground, but on women. So I guess the implication is that their bodies were their homes. So by killing this man, you know, they're like protecting their bodies, but also like, like I, like I, I, I understand wanting death for your rapist. Like I get that, but at the same time, like you're not any less uh, clean, pure, whatever, whatever, for having been raped, you know? Like, it doesn't make you less of a person. I just, mm-hmm. like, the, 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 like, desecrating your home, aka your body, kind of, like... Yeah, I just, that I, feels very... I mean, I, 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 like, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, I, like, you Also, he did been... tr- murder a bunch of your moms. So, like, I yeah. get it. Like, I get that. I, I, I understand. Get you probably like, understand... had more right than anybody else to kill this dude. Yes. 100%. Of course. At the same time, it's like, 
weirdly Puritan message here at the end. Yeah, it's the weird like approval of of murder because like vigilante like I don't know. It like, feels I get weird it. Like, to I would... have another sort of like vigilante ending so soon after a real reign yeah. where they really. But also, like, tried to come down in the middle on vigilanteism, you know? It wasn't, like, framed as vigilante. Which is also framed as, like, repentance isn't even the right word. It was framed as justice. Yeah. Women in, you know, according to the show, women in Mexican society do not have any power. They're, you know, but they took the power by killing the man who assaulted them it's supposed to be like a women helping women moment because maria santos doesn't charge them with anything you know so it's supposed to be like a this trauma brought a community closer together but like there's going to be no substantial change men are gonna keep raping Mm -hmm. men are gonna the police i didn't have to do anything you know like it's just like now from now on in this one town of mexico if a guy rapes you, all the girls gather and cut his dick off. Like, it's such a weird non-note to end this episode on. I thought this episode was going to end with Hotch going back to Haley, and it just doesn't. Hotch just does never faces his wife again about this moment. Yeah, which is super fucking strange, actually, because it would have made a really good book into this episode to have Hodge go back to his wife his wife the house is not you know on the ground but on a woman I really like I heard that quote and I was like oh we're gonna go back to seeing go back to Hodge's house and see Haley has like you know waited up for him or something you know like I thought it was gonna like bookend with Haley doing something wifey you know which wouldn't have been great but like would have bookended their message well but they didn't fuck Haley I I love Haley. Haley Hotchner. Justice for Haley Hotchner, honestly. Justice for Haley Hotchner, because this would have been a great episode for them to visit her at the end of it, too. Like, what if it ended with Hotch showing up with, like, takeout from her favorite restaurant as, like, an apology to be like, I know how much work you put into, like, keeping the family together and taking care of my son while I run off to do my job. Like, here's a token of my appreciation. You know, like he could have learned to value his wife more from this. And just no, nothing, nothing came from it. It's so... I give this episode a zero. A zero, again? Yeah. Our second zero ep. Was my first from the tribe? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a zero, yes. And this is my next zero. This is my very personally personal attack of an episode i i'm gonna go in solidarity with your zero thank you i'll go in solidarity with you they did say the name of the episode in the episode did they say wheels up no gideon just said call her from the car right call her from the car we'll not forgive him for that one there's a reason why gideon is divorced (laughs) and it's that kind of shit Gideon literally is like family, 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 family. You should never get divorced. You need to be there for your family. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, fuck your wife. Let's go. I don't give a shit that it's your birthday. Also, Hotch's birthday never comes up again. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Get that man a cupcake for fuck's sake. 
God damn. I mean. Next episode of Wheels Up, we're going to be looking at season one, episode 20, Charm and Harm. A fun ep title, I gotta yeah. say. What's it about? Um, Charm and Harm is about the, it's a, a Carmelian, uh, why did I say it like that? Chameleon. <laughs> Carmelian? We've been talking for two and a half hours. Let me live. This is about a, a chameleon serial killer across the southeastern United States. Southeastern? Yes, that's what they say. Like Georgia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go Ooh. a few different places, actually. Um, I believe it starts in, like, Tampa, and then it goes Georgia, oh, and then some other places, so. Fuck Tampa. So true. Fuck Florida. Fuck Florida. Fuck Florida. All my bitches hate Florida. (laughs) Sexy bitches hate Florida. Honestly, Um, sexy bitches hate Florida. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be it for this episode of Wheels Up. Like I said, next time it's going to be Charm and Harm. You can find us on anywhere on the internet at Wheels Up Pod. New episodes come out every other Wednesday. We're getting close to the end of season one here. I know. I'm very nervous. <laughs> I know. I'm so nervous. Are Honestly, we going to can... stick the landing of this season? Is Criminal Minds going to stick the landing of season one? We know the answer to that. We're going to have some fucking talks. Um, and you can find those talks here every other Wednesday for about... Two hours is our average episode length. I'm so sorry, honestly. Like, I try and cut it down (laughs) as much as I can, but sometimes Jay and I just keep talking, and it's a lot. We have a lot of opinions about storytelling and criminal minds, as you can tell by the way Y'all listen to it, though. Yeah, you all listen to it, so, like, that's on you, bud. You don't have to, (laughs) but you do. That's on you, guys. You do. That's it for this week. Jay, do you have an end quote for me? Evil is not a cultural phenomenon. It's a human one. Deep-ass fucking line from Mason Gideon. Yeah, being racist. Yeah. Racist-ass. Piece of shit. Piece of shit, Jason Gideon. Fuck that guy. He's a guy.